welcome back to the Euctropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill. In this episode, we are going to dig into one of my favorite ukulele topics of all time, and that is the triple strum. That's right, the triple strum, where you make two sounds on the way down and one sound on the way up. It's magic. It is a world unto itself, and we're going to take the first few steps into that world together in this episode. But before we get started, I just want to say 2024 looks like it's going to be a world of delights for ukulele players. I tell you what, there are so many interesting and fun and exciting events and projects coming your way. It's amazing. One of those things that's on the horizon is the ukulele hideaway in Sicily. I'm going to be in Sicily on the island of Ortigia from August 5th to 9th with a whole group of ukulele players. And we are going to be creating our own ukulele orchestra right there, working on all aspects of ukulele and musicianship. And what's more, we're going to be enjoying the local sights and flavors of Sicily. Partners are welcome to attend. There are only three spots left in the hideaway. So I hope you'll go to ukulelehideaway.com if you're looking for that bucket list ukulele experience. This could be it. So have a look at ukulelehideaway.com and I hope you'll join us in Sicily in August. Okay, now let's get into this week's episode, The Magic Triple Strum. Okay, we're going to go to another question from the Euctropolis student community. Let's see. This one is about one of my favorite topics, um, the triple strum. This is a, a question both from Aaron and from Kosi, who have both kind of jumped in on this thread. Um, Aaron says... Hi, James. I'm working on these uh, lessons while I'm on holiday in Mexico, uh, so it feels great to be studying El Tortiero, um, which is a, 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 a Mexican piece, or at least a Spanish melody. Um, you can get that feeling of the sort of a, a bustling marketplace, maybe a busker in the marketplace. And uh, we're trying to replicate that energy and that rhythmic excitement with our ukuleles. And in that lesson, which is part of the ukulele way, I also demonstrate a version where I've added the triple strum, the triple strum. like that. Now that triple strum, you, you, you like it takes the energy up a notch, doesn't it? Like the minute you hear that ba bum da bum it just brings it up a level. And uh, she says, uh, this is Aaron saying, I'm really enjoying practicing the triple strum. I've heard it taught before, but um, nobody has ever made it as clear as uh, as you have in this lesson. So thank you. But then Kosi jumps in on this uh, just recently and, and says, when you're playing the triple strum in this example, there's a mute 
aspect to it. Um, but I don't see how it's being done with your right hand. How are you getting this muting effect? And what I think Cozy's talking about there is how it sounds really punchy. It's not just triple it, blah, triple it, blah. It's triple it short, you know, diddly dit, diddly dat, diddly dat. And it really has this punchiness like that. And Kosi's wondering, how do you do that? Because if you're if you're playing the triple strum and it sounds like this, you know, that's okay and everything, but it doesn't have that same rhythmic punch, you know, which is what we're looking for. Okay, so <clears throat> first things first, <laughs> that's the setup. Um, number one. This is one of my favorite topics. Uh, number two, this is definitely my favorite strum of all time. And number three, before we get to how to mute the strum and to give it that punchy ending, I don't want to lose people who have really no idea about how this strum is done at all, or um, people who have who are confused about this drum because it gets taught in many different ways. And it, to be honest, it gets used in many different ways. So it is, it's a confusing topic. Uh, it depends who you ask, what the technique actually is, uh, how that person's hand might be, you know, uh, structured or what uh, musical culture they come from. D- different parts of the world approach this in different ways. What is common to everyone who hears this sound is that it catches their attention. I mean, when you hear that sort of, it just jumps out at you and sort of grabs your ears and says, you got to listen to this. There's something really um, just sparkling about this sound. And I think that's why it's so common as a, as a um, sort of a virtuosic flourish, no matter where you are in the world you'll probably hear one of those at some point. So, how does it work? Well, in my world, here's how it works. In my world, you um, are, are starting with the index finger. It goes down across the strings as per usual. And you end with the index finger going up across the strings as per usual. That part, uh, which is two out of three strokes, is completely the same as always. The difference is that in between those two, there's the thumb. So it ends up going index, thumb on the way down, and then on the way up, index. That's it. Two on the way down, and one on the way up. That's it. Now, it may not sound like a triple strum yet. It may not sound very sparkling. But... I'm getting the basic concept of, you know, two down, one up. The most common mistake here for people who are learn- learning the triple strum is that they make two motions of the arm on the way down. They say, okay, he wants to do two on the way down, so I do a, a strum with the index, and then I reset and do a strum with the thumb, and then I come up with the index. That totally defeats the purpose because you're making two whole arm motions on the way down and one arm motion on the way up. That will never sound smooth or fast 
or sparkling or virtuosic or exciting. It's just going to bog you down. The, this strum comes very much from the hand and the fingers and not so much from the, from the arm. And so if you just position your index and thumb almost like, well, you know, a few centimeters apart, almost like you were making the letter L, and, and then you just pass that across the strings so that in one motion you get two sounds, then you're on to something. This to me was always like, this to me always felt like the sort of bone-crushing 2001 Space Odyssey moment where you realize that you can make more than one sound with one motion. This is like like an evolutionary leap in your strumming that leads to all sorts of new uh, sounds and techniques and challenges uh, and ultimately to new ways of expressing your musicality. But it begins with this realization that I can make more than one sound in a single motion. That's huge. It's massive. It's a turning point for anybody who's playing the ukulele. So you can see why I get excited <laughs> about this strum, because it's not just a strum. This, this is like, uh, like warp speed for your ability to make the ukulele express what you want it to express. Now, once you've got this idea of two down and one up, then you sort of run them together so that it doesn't sound quite so lumpy. You take the spaces out, and this just takes practice. Two down, one up, down, down, up, down, down, up, down, down, up, down, down. You can watch your, you know, binge watch your favorite Netflix show or something and just do this the whole time. <laughs> it's, it's the kind of mindless, mechanical practice um, that you need. You know, your, your brain needs that. Those neurons need to fire and those neural connections need to develop so that it goes from being a concept to being a skill. Right now, you're all sitting there going, yeah, well, I understand the idea. You go two down and one up. That's easy. Anybody can say that. Two down, one up. Index, thumb, index. Fine. But the long road from idea in the brain to skill in the fingers, the long road from here to here, it's, you know, we all know how long that road can be. So, you know, if you're working on this, don't despair. Everybody takes the time they take to really put this into their fingertips. Um, And just be patient with yourself, like all things. Be patient. It's not going to happen in a day. Uh, If it does, that's pretty freaky, okay? It's going to take weeks, months, sometimes years. Don't despair. Be patient. Give yourself the time. Now, the controversy around this drum comes because people say, well, that's not how I learned it. I do it with the, you know, the thumb up uh, for that second stroke. Uh, And to that I say, you're not wrong. (laughs) That's just not the way I do it. There are many players around the world, uh, especially, I understand, in the flamenco world, who use the thumb on the way up. um, So they do one down and two up right? 
you still it still adds up to three. You're still going to get the effect. I think that the way I'm teaching it here with the index down followed by the thumb on the way down, I think this gives you more options down the road, which I'm, you know, I'm not going to fully flesh out here, but it gives you more options for expression and reusing this technique for other things down the road. So I always encourage students to start with this, you know, this these fundamentals. Index, thumb, index. Down, down, up. Okay? And all I'm going to say about that is because I don't want to give, you know, my entire, uh, you know, lecture on the triple strum because honestly, it is like a world unto itself. The one thing I'll say is that there are two ways to use the triple. Two fundamental ways of using this strum. One of which, and I'm getting back to the question, I promise. One of which we're using in El Torchero. Uh, Way number one to use the triple strum is as an ornament. It's just like a garnish, a little piece of parsley on the side of the dish. It doesn't really have to be there, but hey, it adds a little flourish, you know? And that's what we're doing here with El Torchiero. That works just fine without the triple. But if I add a little spice... It's just that much hotter, right? That's way number one. That's like an ornamental use of the technique. The second way is more of like a metric use of this technique, where it's not so much an option as it is laying down the fundamental rhythm of the piece. So if I was playing a, a jig, for example... You see how that's very different from an ornament. That that really does have to be there. It's the driving force behind the the rhythm of the entire piece. That's the engine of the whole rhythm. And so these are two very different ways of applying the the very same strumming technique. One is just a flash in a pan, and the other one is the rhythmic undercurrent of the whole piece of music. So the one that we're looking at here uh, in El Tortiero is the first one. That's an ornament. It's a little garnish. It's a flourish, right? And to get all the way back to the question... Uh, Kosi was saying, you know, how do you get that nice muted effect at the end? Uh, If I'm I'm reading specifically from the question here, um, there's a mute, but I don't visibly see it being done with the right hand. How are you getting this muting effect? I don't see it being done with the right hand. And to that I say, well done. (laughs) You have half answered your own question. It is not being done with the right hand. At least, again, not the way I do it. I don't like muting with the right hand. If you've taken courses or classes with me before, you know that. That's part of my sort of musical personality. I don't like to mute with the right hand. I like the right hand to be completely free and untethered, okay? Uh, I know a lot of people, it's very common, and they sound great. You can you can bring in the palm of the right hand to cut off the sound. 
after the strum happens. Like that. I'm also not very good at it because I don't do it very often. <laughs> and you're kind of muting after the strum happens. Boom! You know, you, you bring down that palm and it works great for some people. I just don't like the feel of it. I like to keep the right hand totally free from that responsibility. And so, Kosi, you've kind of answered your own question. It's actually coming from the left hand, which is where I do almost all of the muting that I do. And that is simply by flopping some fingers down after the strum has finished. Immediately after, I'm letting fingers flop down over the strings on my left hand. And that kind of brings the gate down onto the strings. Not enough to make a note, but just enough to stop the vibration. This is easier on some chords than others. It's really just luck of the draw. If your hand is in a, a good position to flop down, then, you know, you're lucky. On the C chord, for example, I've got only one finger occupied, and the rest of the fingers can just flop down as soon as the chord is finished. That one actually works out pretty well. The G7, on the other hand, I've got three fingers occupied and only one little pinky finger left over. And that one is harder. Either I have to let go with the three fingers and kind of jump them into a muted position, or if I'm feeling confident with the pinky, I can lie the pinky down. Sometimes I'll come over with the thumbs or Jimi Hendrix style. And that takes care of the open fourth string. And then I just loosen the uh, fingers that were holding down the G7 chord. You see what I mean? It's not always as clear, but it's my preferred method for muting. Um, I also like that I can strum on the muted chord, which you can't do if you're muting with the right hand because once you're muting with the right hand it really hampers the movement of the right hand so i could have a something like this i could do see how i'm rapidly going between muted chord and sort of full voice chord That's a kind of effect that I don't think you can get with a right-hand mute. I could be wrong, but I think that would be, well, at least for me, it would be impossible. So that's one of the advantages of muting with the left hand. It just gives you more options for expression, and I do think the ergonomics of it, at least for me, are better because I'm not um, tying up my right hand. It's just flowing freely uh, at all times. So... That's what I think about that. I hope, uh, Aaron and Kosi, I hope that helps to answer your questions about the triple strum. And I hope you continue to enjoy this technique because honestly, <laughs> I've been in love with the triple strum since I was a teenager. And uh, I'm still discovering stuff about this strum and how it can be applied even today. So um, thanks for the questions. And I hope that helps. Thanks for tuning in to another Euctropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill, and I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, why don't you head over to ukulelehideaway.com and check out 
the Ukulele Hideaway Retreat in Sicily that's happening in August. That's going to be really cool. And if you'd like something a little closer to home, check out uketropolis.com. Got lots of courses, free lessons, and a vibrant community of learners that you can join. I hope to see you over there real soon. Until the next time, keep on strumming. Thank you.